Today's Daf is Yitzayim. Um, we pick up at the bottom of Tetzayim with Beth, the Mishnah. Um, so we had mentioned a, a, a list of 13. 13 um, shofarot, which is what we're eventually going to get to, which is how they, the sort of containers they put the money into. That's the reason it was quoted. 13 shulchanot, which are uh, various tables. We'll see about that in a minute. And 13 um, prostrations. Uh, so actually, the, the Mishnah is, um, is now then goes to explain it um, sort of um, um, in reverse. So it's start about the whole story about the 14th Hishtachavaya um, and the where the um, you know where it seemed like the Aron was hidden and now we're going to talk about the 13 and we're going to talk, it's like an ABC and then CBA now we're going to explain the Hishtachavayos and then we're going to explain the shof, the, um, the uh, Shulchanot and then eventually the Shofarot so our mission picks up on the Hishtachavayos so let's take a look Hechem Hayu Hishtachavayot where were these Hishtachavayot where were these uh, prostrations Arba B'Tzafon four in the north Four in the south, four in the east, three in the east, and two in the west. And this is in the Azara, and we'll see, or, and we'll see in a minute um, what this what this corresponds to. Kinegdan Sharim, and corresponding or Kineged, excuse me, corresponding to Shloshesrei Sharim, the thirteen gates that they had in the Azara. Smuchim Lamarav, and now we're going to list them. The southern one, uh, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the, the southern one starting in the west, so starting in the southwest corner and going from southwest to southeast on the southern wall, um, was the following. Shar Yon, the upper gate. Shar HaDelek, the gate of, um, of lighting, of fire, of fuel. I'm going to give you a diagram in a minute. Okay. Shar HaBechorot, the one for the firstborns. And Shah Hamayim, the one for water. So I have a little. Yeah, for so here I have a picture here. Came with my little iPad um, rather than putting out paper. Hold on. Here we go. In from Hebrew Wikipedia, always a good source. So you get a lot of Hebrew Wikipedia. Whoops. See that? Can everybody see that? Maybe paper would have been better. Okay. So all these things with the blues are the gates. Okay. So if you start at the south, which is here, okay, and you start at the southwest, it's over there. So let's see if it has it listed. Yeah, Shar Yon. It's got it's got it even listed. It's got a, it's got a thing. This is Shar Yon, Shar Hadelek, and and Shar Bechorot, and He is Shar Hamayim. Okay, so these four along the southwest walls entering in. I mean, obviously they didn't know the exact placement, but they were basing it on the Mishnah. These were the four on the southwest walls entering into the Azara, into the courtyard. If I'm not mistaken, Kiseret, Yisrael, and Yachin, both yeah. on the Mishnah Yod has that exactly. Exactly. In Midot, there are, yes, in Midot, there's that very big Yisrael. diagram. Yisrael. Yes, Yachin that is correct. So that is correct. What? So, it, no, it sounds like, it's a very good question, right? It sounds like that everybody would regularly do this, and where would you do this? Because who was allowed right. anyway in that area? Would it only be the Kohanim? Is it sort of saying that whenever you went up to Harabayat, did it, you know, did it, um, you know, was it like on the outside of the Mikdash, and it was opposite, like not in front of, but opposite? Yeah, it's not clear, because I was wondering the exact same thing. I mean, who was allowed in this space? Basically, the Kohanim only. And it spoke about, now it did speak about Hananya Skav HaKohanim would do fortune, but it also spoke about Rabbi Namliel, you know? So it's not exactly clear where they were when they were doing the bowing downs, you know. Um, so that is a very good question. What's a scan? What is that? A scan is like an assistant. Well, I know, I know but let's not. Yeah, let's not worry about it. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay, yeah. other places that gets elaborated on. Okay, so let's take a look now. If you take a look, for example, why are these named this? And this gets to this question about what they would be used for, right? Take a look here, for example, at the um, Korman Ha'eda, where he says at the bottom of the page, he says, Shah El Yon, who Shah Samach Marav. Okay, then he says, Dachalach Shah Dleikash Shel Lishkach Ha'itzim Shaita Ba'Azara. V'Derach Sham Ha'yu Machnisin Sham Itzei Hamaracha Shadoch Magavim Nizdeach. They take out the wood. Shah B'Chorot Shemachnisin Sham Machnisin Sham Ha'Bechorot Shanishchatim B'Darom. So, but the funny thing is that really, if you had a korban, a bechor, you would go straight into here. You wouldn't have to go into here and wait like in the Ezra Yisrael. I mean, normally we assume you'd go in the Shahar Niknor here and wait in the Ezra Yisrael and the Kohanim would come. 
So does it really mean you come up this way? That's very strange. I mean, maybe if they were opening up into the Ezrat Nashim, you would understand because, you know, you go in this way and then ultimately you come in the front door. And when it says Shar HaDelek, well, i got to tell you, the Glishka HaDelek is like one of these over here and the Ezrat Nashim is where they kept the firewood. So, I have to be honest that I really don't understand what's going on here. You know, why is the Shar HaDelek distant from the Lishkat HaDelek? Why are these Sha'arim here? Presumably a normal Yisrael would go in here. Now, it's possible maybe you went in and then you went around in the, there's like, there was like a narrow causeway, you know, all the way around. But even that would be strange, going in here and going all the way around to go. I, so I really, so I really don't, I don't, I, I must say I don't fully understand the placement here. Um, I thought that the Sharbakoro is because the, um, uh, the, the, uh, Bakoro, Bakorim animals were, um, Sacrificed in the southern. Yeah, yeah. So that's what, yeah, that's what the Korban Ada says. Yeah. It's true, but does that mean that if you are a Bechor, you'd go straight in here and a Kohen would pick it up from you and shecht it here? Well, you can, mean, check it, you can shecht it. Ah, oh, right, all right. But what I'm saying is that you, were you able to bring it straight into the Azara here? Maybe the answer that's is yes. I mean, I know, but it's very strange. We normally don't think about that, right? That you could come straight into the Azara on the side and not through the front door and a Kohen would come pick it up from you there, right? But even the idea of the Shar Hadelek, I mean, is one of these rooms presumably was the, leech, was, the, was the leechka where they kept the wood. Right. So, I, I, I don't know. We could speculate. Okay, so now, let's take a look. Um, why was it called the Shahamayim? Thank you. That's where they would bring in the water for the Nisuchamayim on Sukkot. Of course, if you read the whole Mishnayis and Sukkah, it seems like on Sukkot, when they had the whole, you know, Simchat Beit and all of, not the Simchat Beit but whatever, the whole production and the drawing of the water, that it would, if I'm remembering correctly, I, I didn't double check, that they would do a whole procession through the Ezra machine, mm-hmm. right? And here if it had you coming through the Shah Hamayim, again, you're coming through the side. I don't know. Maybe these were in the Azrat Nashim, but the assumption here is that these were in the Azara proper. Mm-hmm. Okay? Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, Bo Hamayim Mesachim, from there the water will be Mesachim, which basically means poured out like a, from a pach, from a, from a vessel, from a jug, that kiddingly yotzim itachas mishtan habayit. And it will eventually will be coming out from under the like um, the mishkan, the uh, threshold of the of the bite. He's alluding to a pasuk in Yechezkel, which the Gemara is going to spend most of the daf elaborating on for our vision laatid lavo. Umatan v'tafona apvitis for in the north. Smuchim b'ma'arav, starting from the northwest, again from the back of the Beit Hamikdash, from where the Kodesh Kodashim is. Shar Yechania, the gate of Yechania. We'll talk about why it was named after him, because he basically what? Uh, he well, also we'll, we'll see. According to the Gemara, he went in there and he bowed down there before he was taken into exile. Um, Shah Korban. I mean, then it was destroyed and rebuilt, but it was named after him. Shah Korban, the gate of the Korban. Why of all things that one is called the Shah Korban? We'll take a look. Um, because anyway, but the but the point is that it says that's where you bring in the Kachim Kachim, which are shechted in the north. But again, according to this picture, you're going to bring a korban in, and if people see it, mm-hmm. you're going to bring a korban in here. First of all, Shkitatam B'Tzafon was Tzafon of the Nisbeach. Right. You know, it was over here. So you bring it in there. But again, you, Astam Yisrael, is going to bring your Kachim Kachim there. We normally assume you go from the front door, and then the Kohen just takes it a little bit to the north of the Nisbeach. You know, so this whole thing I don't get unless it's just signify that the Kachim Kachim are in the north. But it sounds like they were used for this purpose. So I'm still not exactly getting the choreography of how people brought their could you would you really bring certain korbanot in the side doors. I mean it would make for a more efficient, you know, uh, throughput if everybody didn't have to come through one narrow opening. You had multiple people working at different places. Maybe they just never actually stepped into the Azara, but they were stood in the gate and they handed their korbanot. The normal assumption is, is that Yisrael would go here through Sharnik Nur. This is where the actual Ezra right. Yisrael begins, and they'd have 11 Amot till this black line right. to stand, and from that point on it was the Kohanim. Right. Okay, and now we started talking about using all of these right. gates right. down here and up here. It's a little strange. Okay? Um, okay, Shar Korban Shar Hanashim. 
the women's gate. Look at that again. The women. So if you um, take a look at the korban ha'idah, shabor nashim nichnasot lismoch al hakorban inami lamod al hakorban. So this is the whole issue of smicha. Interesting that he mentions that. There's a whole debate about women doing smicha and korbanot, or just to be with the korbanot to bring their korbanot. So now there's a separate gate for women to go in. Sounds like you know separate men's and women's entrances. But again, it's not normally what you assume because this is the Ezra nashim. You know, and women presumably we always understand that women come through shiny knor. And according to this, it's got this thing here called Shah Hanashim way up here. So Steinfeld says that women did smicha, and that was why they came in. Steinfeld is just translating the yeah, I know, I know. I okay. He doesn't even bring any other. Opinion. All right. Um, um, let's say they're kini later or something like that. Yeah, could be, but that they dafka came in. So again, I just, I'm, I, you know, I'm just trying to understand. You know, if, you know, they came in. They actually entered into the Ezra. They handed it off to the Kohen. I mean, what would they? they came which, in which, one those, which one of those is which Shar? What? This is Shar Hanashim. Right, right. And then the other one is. This is. We're going to get to it. That's number four. Okay. Well, it's Mishnah. Certainly, it's earlier, and it does no, seem to be, like I said, more just about recording data. But you have to check it against the Mishnayot in Midot, because the Mishnayot in Midot also describe the whole construction. Okay. And this, I, uh, I, you know, I have not, I have not done the check. I assumed, I think that they're basically in parallel, but I think the real question that's not fully explicated is, A, where exactly were these gates? Were they here? Maybe it was here opposite to Mizeach. Number, and number two, number one. Number two is, what were they actually used for? We just know their names, right? What were they actually used for? You have to see where the earliest material on that is. Is it Tanaitic? Is it, is it in the Gemara? So I have to, like, sort of do more research to get a clearer answer on this. Yes. What do you mean? You mean the gates were a later edition? I mean, they always had an area like this, a courtyard around the... Uh, yeah, this whole southern, this, this whole section. Oh, this. Oh, not the southern, the eastern, Yezat Nashim. That's southern, huh? This? Yezat Nashim? Yeah. This part? That's, that's east. Oh, okay. This is north. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the Yezat Nashim certainly is not part of the Mikdash proper. It doesn't have Kedushat HaMikdash. It has Kedushat HaRabayit. I'm so, wondering if, if that was related. Like, is it possible that this Mishnah refers only to that origin, to the... To the to the Azra Snoshim area? Yeah. That's what I was wondering, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like we're going around the Azara. I mean, we'll see in a minute. Okay. Yes. Is, is everything we're reading Herodian? Well, yes, presumably, yes. Okay, so that's Right, right, yeah. yes. Okay, so um, let's take a look. Sharkum and Sharnashim, Sharhashir. And the last one was called the Sharhashir. Lama, now it says, explains this. So the one of them. The Lama Nikra Shmo Shar Yechanya Shabo Yatsa Yechanya Begaluto That's the one he exited. Now this is he actually exited the gate when he was taken out into Galut. The Gemara has a slightly different version of that. Okay. Um, it presumably is where they kept the um, what do you call it? The um, the various uh, musical instruments. Okay. What? They kept it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't right. It wasn't just a gate. Like it was a gate like that had a room. Which is, I mean, this is also here. This is, this is, like you see, they made it more like a room, this one. Okay, and actually, it's also presumably the same as the Beit HaMoked, which is where they kept the regular fire going that the Kohanim could get in that room and warm themselves up in. Okay, so that was also, that space over there was used for that. Yeah, so it was a combination of a leash and a gate. Okay, so, um, uh, now, Shabbat Mizrach, in the east, the gate of Niknor, and there are two little side gates on the side that count, gets you count as three. And they didn't have a name. So that is why it looks like we're going around the Azara, because the east here is, right, it's not we're talking about some opening to Shahan Hashim, the east is just the Shah Niknor, the main entrance into the Azara with the two little sides. And then it says, and two in the west right behind the Kaddish Kadashim, which did not have any name. I remember once that we had, uh, I was talking to a woman who was visiting from Israel, and she said, like, you know, she says, like, you don't, just don't appreciate, like, how, you know, both sort of steeped in history and limited geography, you know, there is in Israel. Like, you know, I was looking at a map here in America, and it had a, and it had a little, like, a river or a creek, and it had no name. So in Israel, you wouldn't have something that had no name. It had four different names, symbolizing all different stages of this river, debating what the name <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, so actually here you have, anyway, two in the West that had no name on them. All right, so let's take a look at the Gemara. Masnisen. He said that the prostrations were opposite. Now again, opposite means corresponding to or literally in front of. It sounds like in front of, because before we had that the 14th was in front of the place where the, um, you know, where they, the where, where, where they, the Lishkat where they thought the Aron was buried. So again, are they in the Azara when they're bowing down? Are they opposite it but outside of the Azara? Anyway, it was opposite or, or corresponding to the 13 gates. Ram Kerabana, but the rabbis say, Shirisharim Hayu Ba'azara. Notice again the Ba'azara, right? So clearly the Gemara understands that we're talking about the gates around the Azara proper. The rabbi said there were not 13, there were only 7. Now, I don't know exactly how you get that. You could basically not count the last two if they don't have a name, you cannot count the two by the side of the Shah HaNiknur, and then maybe some of them were actually debated, but now it's a very interesting, how do you debate facts? You know? All right, anyway, but maybe they did, there was a question about what the tradition was. So, according to the rabbis, where were the prostrations if they weren't opposite the seven gates? So it sounds like it's actually physically where were they? Like that which we taught over there. Um, there were 13 breaches in the wall. Look how appropriate it is. Rosh Chodesh Kislev. We have a reference here to the period of the of the Chashmonaim uh, when the when the uh, Greek uh, king um, you know went in and 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 and, uh, and, and, um, and you know appears not pierced that's what um, um, uh, breached. Thank you. I said breached the wall. Um, so there were thirteen places. And the Chashmonayim went and they uh, and they went and they rebuilt it. So in those three, Bnei Chashmonayim, I just lost my place. Because you give them and they and they established opposite them thirteen prostrations again. Does it mean Kinegdan meaning corresponding to them, or Kinegdan sounds like actually in front of them in those places? Which is actually interesting, you know, if you think about it, why to evoke the idea of Hishtachavaya in a place of, you know, which actually sort of symbolized the sense of being breached, like some, you know, but maybe often you pray because you want things to be better. So here it sort of evokes that sense that there was, you know, some, you know, that there was, uh, a hard time, there was persecution, and ultimately we persevered. Like it's how? interesting thinking about, right, it's interesting thinking about the symbolism of bowing down opposite the places of the breach. Um, and you know, they yeah. never been bowing down before that. Um, well, maybe they bowed down seven times, maybe they didn't do it 13, we don't know, like, you know, but the idea that there was going to be 13 places, right, you know, it seems to be, right, it doesn't sound like there was no bowing down, but the idea of 13 and a corresponding or in front of these places. Okay, now, because we mentioned this Shar Hamayim and Bo Hamayim Mesachim, we're going to read these Psukim from um, Yechezkel. We'll start with the Pesach from Zechariah and about water eventually coming out of the base of the base of Mikdash. And that's going to be most of the Daf. So let's start with the Pesach from Zechariah. On that day, the living waters will come out of Jerusalem. So here's how it's going to flow. It's going to start in the Holy of Holies, and it's going to grow the stream as it gets further. So, well, no, it doesn't sound like it's underground. Well, let's take a look. So from the inner part of the Kachim Kachim until the actual curtain, to it'll be like the horns of these, like, small, like, you know, like the antenna of these small insects. I don't know how, what did I do, translate what those insects are? Whatever. No? Whatever. Small insects. Eli and Eli. Eli and Eli. Thank you. Right. Oh, that's interesting. The idea of Karen. Means harochas vadamiz bech. What is it? Snails. Snails. Ah, okay. Snails. Ah, good. That makes sense. Okay. Snail antenna. Mean harochas vadamiz bech hazahav from the curtain until the golden altar, which was in the Kodesh, right? Op, you know, opposite the uh, menorah and the Shulchan. Tukarni Chagavim. It's like the antenna of grasshoppers, which is a little thicker, so the stream is growing. From the golden altar till the Azarot, presumably including the Azrat Nashim, so as it now flows and is about to exit the structure, goes through the Azarot. Kichut Shel Shesi. It's like a string of warp, which is the thinner of the strings of the warp and the wolf. Um, or maybe it's wolf. Well, I keep on getting confused which is which. I think that's work. Anyway, I mean, as a road, Miftan Habayis from the Azara until the threshold, 
Tchutzo Erev, that's like the wolf. That's a little bit thicker. Michan Ve'elech, from that point on, can be Pihapach. It's like being poured out of a jug, and that's the word in the Mishnah, Mifachim, from the Pach. It's like poured out of a jug. Right? When he mentions the Mishan Habayit also. See, okay, so now we're going to look at a verse that talks about this. I do want to say before we look at the verse, it is interesting. You know, normally you assume that sort of the sense of the divine presence, right, is strongest in the Kachay Kadashim, and it sort of gets more attenuated the further away you get. Um, whereas here you have the idea that if the three streams start small and it gets very, very large. And I mean, that's true about like rivers, right? You know, it actually starts very small and then further down, you know, they're roaring giant rivers. Well, you don't want to agree with the service. Well, yes, you know, that's mean, true. But in terms of the symbolism, I'm wondering, you know... It's like the symbolism of, of uh, Kol Daka, Kol Dama Dama Daka. Right. It's very similar. That's true, that's true. Now, I want to read you, I'm just going to read it to you in English. We're going to read a lot of it in Hebrew, but I want to give... I, well, but I want to give you a sense of what we're sort of of the of the parak in Yechezkel that we're going to be interpreting. Okay, so I'm just I thought I think it's just easier if I read it quickly in English. Afterwards, he brought me this angel to the door of the house. The basement makes just behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. So that's Mistan and Bayis, right? And the the opening is in the east, the right? Whatever. Under the anyway eastward, um, for the forefront of the house stood to the east. The waters came down from the right side of the house, so the right side it would be um, would be the north. Oh, no, the south, because you're facing east, right? You face east, so the, your right would be the south. Okay, the south side of the altar. No, no, you, you always assume that the reason east is kedem, is kadim. It's, 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 it's the way, let's say, to orient yourself is to face yourself east, to face yourself towards the rising sun. So the right, right, is always the south, and the left is always the north, um, which is why Taimana is the south, because from the word yamin. Then he brought me out of the way of the gate northward and led me, whatever, they ran out waters on the right side, again the north. When the man that had in line his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, so now we're measuring it as the waters continue east. And he brought me through waters, the waters were to the ankles. He measured another thousand, brought me through the waters, the waters were to the knees. He measured another thousand, brought me through the waters, were to the loins. After he measured a thousand, it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were riven, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. Okay, and so now, we'll, that's only half the parish. Now we're going to read exactly that in the Hebrew here and, and interpret it, and then we're going to get back to the other half of it. So let's take a look. Okay, see, it says, so there's the word nifachim from Pach, pouring out like a jug, from the right side of the, of the, of the bias. The man was going out in the east. And he was carrying a, a measuring stick or a staff in his hand. And he passed me through the water. Water to the ankles. So the Gemara now just says, what does Afasim mean? Until the ankles. He measured another thousand And he passed me through waters that went up to the knees. Until the knees, okay. To the loins. You wonder, like, why you're bothering to translate. Anyway, then afterwards, another thousand amot. Nachal, a river, a shirlo yuchala of words that he could not pass through. So the Gemara says, Afilu libiranim, even for like large ships. You cannot pass through. My time, a why? And now we quote a puzzle from Yeshayahu, so we sort of merge Sukim together. Even a great ship shall not pass through it. This is back to the Pulskin Yechezke. Because the waters were very great, waters to swim in. What does it mean, waters to swim in? To swim. In our place, we call swimmers shachona. So, so sachu or sachona. Sachu means to swim. Okay. Where is the ship, though? What? Uh, no, because that, that was also, I think, in the Pasuk. Um, waters to swim in a, a, a river that cannot be passed over. So, can't be passed over, presumably, means even a ship. Now again, this is a pasuk in Yeshaya, not from Yechezkel, but it's to demonstrate the idea that Lasoach means to swim. He spread his hands inside of him. Like a swimmer, I guess if you're doing a butterfly stroke or something, would do to swim. Would stretch out his arms inside and outside to swim. So you see, Lishchot means to, um, to, to swim. Now, although we said it means to swim, we're going to have another drasha on it. Mahu lishchot, or some of the girls are mahu meisachu, waters of swimming. Amrev Yosi be Rebbe Boon, mayim dinis ba'alma. So the word not, from not lishchot to swim, but siach, to speak. 
right? Siach means to speak. So waters that will be spoken about throughout the world because we're going to see that these are going to be miraculous waters. Okay? So Ksiv, now, back to, now, Apostle King Zechariah, we're sort of tying together multiple prophecies about water and the future, like, you know, flowing water out of the base of Mikdash. Okay, by Yomahu on that day, this is now from Zechariah. We'll get back to Yechezkel in a minute. On that day, yeah, Makor Niftach Lebeit David, it will be a wellspring opened up for the house of David, Uyoshi Yushalayim, those who go in Jerusalem, Lechatat Ulinida, for Chatat, which could mean, Sinarfin could mean the Paraduma, it's called the Chatat, which is how the Gemara will read it, or sinners, and for Nida, literally menstruant women. So what does that mean? So the Gemara understands if you're talking about water and talking about a Nida and a Chatat, it must be that talking about using this for ritual purposes. For, for all the like from, from the time the water is flung it understands that it's not only saying for the, house, for the house of David for the household of David but the water will flow from the king's house throughout Yerushalayim so as the water flows from the king's house throughout Yerushalayim yeah presumably it's, it's conflating them all so now it's coming out of the base of Mikdash it flows to the king's house and from there throughout Yerushalayim so, Kesherim Lenido Lechatas. That is water that is from Mayim Chayim. It's coming from a live stream underground, and therefore you can use it for Chatas, for Paraduma, which you can use Mayim Chayim. No, you have to add the ashes, but, you, you, but the base ingredient of water of Mayim Chayim, and the Nido can, and, you know, can go into it. It's no, a that's, good mitzvah. That's what I'm ask, but you can go past through it. How are they going to go into it? If this is <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Maybe, uh, well, you could draw the water from the Chatas, but for the Nido, I don't know, but you don't have to actually pass through it. You just don't in it and come out. Just make sure you have a river. just make sure you have a life preserver. I, I think that underneath it they're transforming the mikdash to Ganadi. Uh huh. Well, actually, I think that's in Yechezkel because the pesukim go on and speak about all the trees that are growing there. <laughs> right. So that's an interesting thought, though, about the Ganadi connection. I don't see it so much yet in the Gemara, but anyway, okay. Mikan the Erech. So they, from that point onwards, make to they are mixed waters, meaning after they leave Yerushalayim, you know, rainwater will fall into them, other things will fall into them, and therefore it's not purely Mayim Chayim, and you cannot use it. So, Ksherim Lenido, Ksherim Lenido, So, even though it has rainwater, you can still use it for Anida, but you cannot use it for Achatas anymore because it has other waters mixed into it. Okay, so, um, okay, one minute. Um, I'm a Lazar, no, he has a different version, a different reading. Like you said, because then it's Mayim Chayim. In Kanva Eilach, from that point on, they are waters that run down at an angle, Katafris is an angle, like at a slope. Psulim Lenido Lechatas, and it's invalid for Nida Lechatas. Now, since when? Why is it puzzle for Nida? Just because it's running down on the slope. So the Mepharshim assume that what he's talking about is he agrees that there's rainwater mixed in with it, um, but if there's rainwater mixed in, the halacha is, is that if you have a, like, um, a, butter, a, 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 a river that has a majority of rainwater, um, that actually, if you cannot use it for mikvah because it's running water, and to use running water, if, if it's the majority is, is sort of underground water, lie, you know, stream and so on, it can be running. If the majority is rainwater, it has to be still. So he says Anid actually can't use it because it would be major- It would still be mixed. He's assuming mixed. It would be rainwater and therefore can't be running. So who cares about the idea of the incline? Well, because if it's connected to the you know the the the, the part that does not have the mix, that might make it all considered sort of one unit. But if it ha- runs at an incline, there's a whole discussion in the Gemara there, Gemara whether Katafris is Chibor or not. Water running down an incline is connected to the water that's above the incline, or are they separate bodies of water? So presumably, what you're saying is because it will run down an incline and it'll be mixed with other waters and it'll be running, it won't even be able to be used for NIDA purposes. Um, okay. So, um, now back to the Pasuk. So now back to the Pesukim in Yecheskel. Here, I'll read you a little bit in the English. He said to me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river when I retold that the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. And he said, the waters issue out toward the east country, go down the desert, go to the sea, and being brought forth into the seas, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that lives, which moves, whatsoever the rivers come, shall live. And there shall be a great multitude of fish. There you go, Dove. About the whole Ghanaian. Because these waters shall come to the... Basically, the waters will go into the sea and it'll heal the sea rivers, it sounds like, which are salty and so on. And it'll bring, you know, much life and much fish. 
Okay, and it speaks about how everybody will be able to get millions of fish out of the out of out of the sea now. And then it says, and here by the way, continuing in this Gan Eden theme in the Psukim, and by the river the bank, the side that shall go the side on that side shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to its months, because the waters they issued out of the sanctuary, the fruit shall be for meat and the leaf for medicine. Okay, so let's take a look now as the Gemara explains those Psukim. Uh, that was there in the air. Oh, was it? Oh, into. Oh, yeah. Oh. What if? From the Be'er Shav Miriam? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that. All right. Uh, so let's. So he said to me, now back to the Gemara. These waters go to the East Country. Okay, um, or that, so what's the East Country? That, that's how at least the uh, King James translates it. This is the Galilah Kadmona, is the ocean of Samcho. Okay, it's going to imagine various seas. I mean, it calls everything an ocean. Various seas and bodies of water that surround Israel. I have no idea what this Samcho is supposed to refer to. Hula Lake and the Northern Interesting. Okay. The Yardu El Arava to the Arava, that's Tiberias, the Sea of, 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 of uh, Kinara. Thank you. Uboa Yama, and it comes to the, to the ocean or whatever. Zeyam Hamelach, that's the Dead Sea. El Hayama Hamotsiim, until the waters that go out, or the ocean that goes out. Zeyam Hagadol, that's the Mediterranean. The Laman Ikushimo Motsim, why is it called Motsim? Because the Mediterranean went out of its boundaries, you know, twice in, in history. Echambador Enosh, one at the period of Enosh, according to the Gemara, they were, you know, the sinning of, of a time of Enosh and the Avodah led to God sort of drowning a third of the world. So apparently that was the Mediterranean overflowing. Echambador Haflaga, at the time of the Tower of Babel, I don't know, somehow there was also some flood going on there. I have no idea. Anyway, Originally, it went out to Kalbaria. Kalbaria apparently is the name of some place where the Dor HaFlaga took place. Um, the Corbin Ada says it is in somewhere in France. Okay, he says in southern Italy. Yeah. Okay. That, that's actually what it's called. Kalbaria? Close Calabria. Calabria, okay. Ubishnia, the second time, presumably in the Dor HaFlaga, Yatsa'at Kefei Barbaria until the shores of Bar- Barbaria. Where's North that? North Africa. North Africa, the Barbary Coast. Coast. Okay. Okay. No, the first time it went to Barbaria, Ubishnia. The second time, Yatsad Akko. It went until Akko. I don't exactly add Yafo. But I don't get it because the Mediterranean is the border on Akko and Yafo. So, yeah. so I don't want to mean to win. Maybe it means it just maybe flooded those that, cities. Maybe that wasn't there until then. Or no, maybe it means it flooded those cities. Okay. Adpo, now we're just. Uh, now we're just darkening a puzzle in Eov to finish this. Tavo, until here it should come to Lotosif and not go any further. So Ad Po is Ad Ako. It's a little play on words. Ad Po Ako. Okay? Tavo Lotosif. Upo yashit bigaon galacha. You should go until here and not increase. And the, here you should put the uh, sort of the, the uh, haughtiness of your waves, the, the pride of your waves. Ad yafo ashit gaon galacha. So upo yafo. Ad ko is ako and ufo is yafo. Okay. Anyway, all of that was a little digression from this river that is going to go through all of the various seas and oceans that are around Israel. Um, that was the, the draft on the pasuk in Yechezkel. Now. Um, I get, says the Gemara, why it's going to go into the Mediterranean and into the Yam HaMelech, the Dead Sea, this river. To fix the waters. Like the Pasuk says, it's sweet water and it'll come into the salty water. But Yama de Tiberia and Yama de Samcho, so why do you, why do you need it to go into the Kinneret and into, what did you say this Yama de Samcho was? Some other sea there. What do you say? Whatever, whatever Charlie said it was. Okay, anyway, why do you need it to go there? Those are already sweet waters. So the Rabos dug us some. Yeah, it doesn't need to make the waters sweet, but it's in order to increase the fish in the water. The Chsiv Bay, and now we quote the Pesach that says that's exactly what it will do. Liminati ye dagatam, the fish will be to its to to its kind. What does that mean? Lemini meaning tia dagatam. The fish will be multitudes of different species of fish will now grow in these waters. 
pretty ironic because in the ocean you do have yeah, multi- yeah. so many species of right. fish but I guess if they didn't know that and if you go fishing in the ocean you only get so many types of fish um, okay so Tani Mitana Brisa Amr Rav Shem Gamliya Masa Shalachli with Saigon I went to Saigon they brought me more than 300 one imagines 300 is an exaggeration 300 is usually an exaggeration number more than 300 types of different species of fish all in one um, dish Okay, now back to the Paskin Yechaeskel. The waters will be healed. Okay, and and Gabaav, and they will not be healed because they are given for salt. So the way that, again, the English translates this is the swamps and marshes won't be healed because you do need salt water, so those will be left for salt water. Okay, but the Gemara says, see, the beginning of the verse says the water will be healed. The Atta mark of the low Yerpu, and the end of the verse says, and they won't be healed. So presumably, the simple sense is that, you know, other, these, these other places won't be healed, but everywhere else it will be. So the Gemara says, no. Of a low Yerpu mind. So the Gemara says, Makam hu, Ushmo Okay, low Yerpu doesn't mean it won't be healed, it means that there's a place called low Yerapu. I don't know. Okay, see, now, back to the verse. Okay, uh, by, the, by the edge of the river will grow off on both sides all types of, of, of uh, food trees. The, 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 the leaf won't wither. The fruit will never cease. It will, uh, it will blossom, you know, it will bear forth fruit on its month. Right, so that is Gan Eden, okay? Um, so, Tani, we turn a bright up. I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Nowadays, it takes you know wheat, grain, six months to grow. And trees are on a yearly cycle. It takes them a year to come out with their new fruit. In the future, grain will come in one month because it's a two to one you know um, uh, uh, ratio there of the amount of time. The and and a tree in two months. My timer. It's months. It will bring forth. So it understands it means every two months it'll bring forth new fruit. So if a tree is doing it in two months, then and and it takes grain half as long as a tree to ripen, then grain will ripen in one month. I'm a Rabbi Yossi, Lefi Shabbat Mazes, and now everybody has to outdo everyone else. In this world, Hatrua Ose Shisha Hadashim Ilanos Eliyud Days Chodesh. Avalasi Lavo, in the future, Hatrua Ose Letetrav Yam. It's not going to take a month for the grain to ripen, it'll only take 15 days. The Ilanos Eliyud Chodesh, and the tree will take a month. So the Chadashav means each one according to its month, or every month, but not in two months. Um, I'll prove it to you. In Yoel, there was a miracle, and the grain grew in 15 days. The car of me, men and women, they brought the Yomer. My time, how do you know? Because the Pasuk says, He gave you the early rain for righteousness. And the rain came down early and late Barishon, in the first, which presumably means Nisan. Okay? And therefore, and presumably he understands that it came down in Nisan, and they rejoice because now they're getting to bring the Omer 15 days later so you see that it's possible in 15 days and therefore it'll be that way in the future as well the grain is seen as a mini tree like right. the uh, according to those that say that the eighth was Tua so right, that's a good point to remind us that according to the Midrash one Midrash the eighth of that was Tua um, so the Gemara says what does it mean it's months plural every month doesn't mean two months per tree every month Okay, the Aleu Litrufa, its its leaves will be used for healing, for medicine. So, Rabbi Yochanan Amar Tarfe Metzitz Aleya the Taraf Mizona. So it's so it's 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 uh, it's leaves. There's questions whether to read this with a tuff or a tet. Some want to read it tar, tar, with a with a tet, which means like it's food. Um, but the, the the leaves will sort of sprout out on it, and it'll be used for food. So the taraf, like with a tet. So meaning basically, you can even use the use the. Seems to be saying the point. Reading the pasuk to say you can even use the leaves for food. I don't know why you have to reinterpret the pasuk to use the fruit for food and the leaves for medicine. Seems a pretty good deal. Anyway, Rav Now that we're going to do another play on the word. With trufa, la hatir pe, trufa hatir pe. Okay, la hatir pe shel malon, the mouth above, meaning it will make the mute be able to speak. 
the Chavamar and the other says Lahatir Pechelamata and the mouth below, which says yeah, make, make the well, it could be if you constipate and so on. Also says right. that it means if you're barren, make you know make women uh, fertile. Um, okay, so that's Trufa Hatir Pech. Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, Chadam alahatir pe akarot, and now we have all the basically the parallel said more explicitly: barren women, v'chadam alahatir pe ilmim mute people that are mute. Okay, so that was all elaborating on because we mentioned in the south that the gate of the Mayim was where the water will eventually come out. So we had this whole discussion on the Prophet and Yechezkel. Now, without any, without any introduction, now for something completely different, we go straight back to the Mishnah about the, about the gates in the north. Okay, Ulamatam Bitzafon, and opposite them you have the gates in the north. Um, yeah, it's a pretty like abrupt shift here. Um, <laughs> by the way, interesting by the way that the base of the Gashla, will be the center for a vegetarian sustenance. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah, I can say more, but I won't. Okay, you'll sign it. Now, we're going to talk about the Shari Yechonya, where it says he went out when he went into exile. So, when Yemuchadnezzar came up, he came and he sat on the walls of Antioch. Um, so basically he was sitting there I guess plotting and figuring out the strategy for attacking Yerushalayim and the Sanhedrin went to greet him the Amrlo and said to him so it's an interesting parallel to the stories of you know about smuggling out Yochanan and Zakkai and the Bayit Sheni here we have the Sanhedrin going out in the Bayit Rishon okay and what are they saying to him they said to him you know what? It's time for the base of Mikdash to be destroyed. Go ahead, take care of it, and go do it. Which is, by the way, again, the parallel to Yochanan and Zakkai, who accepts the fate of what's about to happen and plans for the future. Okay? Amalahan, so he said to them, oh, so, or maybe they asked him, you know, is it, has it come? Um, but it sounds like they're telling him. Amalahan, he said to them, oh, so, Shimlach Yalechem, the king that I made a king over you, Taneoli, if you give him to me, Vani Holech, I'll leave. So basically, he, and which is actually what happened, he you know he he deposed Yehonia, he took him into exile. Bo So they said to Yehoyachin, Nebuchadnezzar, Yehoyachin, the principal wants you in his office. Nebuchadnezzar wants you. Kivin Shoshamahen came since he heard this. He took the keys of the base of Mikdash. He went to the roof of the Heichal. And he said, Master of the universe, We were trustworthy to you, meaning we, we were entrusted with the Beit HaMikdash. We were entrusted with the keys. And your keys were given over to us. Now that we are no longer trusted to you, I am giving you back your keys. I don't know. Trey Amorayim. So there's a debate of Amorayim. Chadamar once says, Zarkon Vaod Lo Yardu. He threw them up and they have yet to come down. Yet to. They're on their way back down. Why do you mean maybe they came down to Bias Shaney? No. Anyway, have yet to come down. Um, okay, where are we? Chadamar, um, the other one says, Vachmin Yad Vinataltar Miado. A hand came out of Tevin and took them back. You can figure out the significance of the different interpretations. Kivan Shira'u, once this was seen, Chorei Yehuda came. Um, all the now Chorei Yehuda. I assume he's Chorei Yehuda. How does it say what the word Chorei or Achirim? Bnei Chorim. Nobles. Ah, okay. All the nobles of Yehuda came. All the Rosh Chagosay and they all went to their roofs. Benaflu Mesu and they threw themselves off their roofs. Hadau Dechsev Masag Yechazion Malachai Foki Alita Kulecha Legagot. What is this that you have all gone up to the rooftops to Shuat Malaya Ir Homiya? A, the, the city is filled with tumult. So, reading that this is what happened in the time of leading up to the um, to, to the Korban uh, Habayim. Okay. Yes. I assume I assume means that he was encamping in Antioch. You know, in the city. In Antioch. Yeah, I think so. How does it explain that? So far away. I know. So. I don't know. They were just trying to be preemptive. What does it say what there, Charlie? Antioch? Yeah, yeah, I think Antioch is a city. I yeah. Well, it sounds like they were committing they suicide. Committing yeah. Suicide. I mean, this is important because there are a couple of Midrashim where people throw themselves off the roof and that's brought up by the, uh, in the medieval period by the, you know, by the Chachmei Ashkenaz when they committed suicide during the Crusades to show that as a type of legitimate religious expression, you know, these Midrashim um, are significant in that whole discussion around 
around, you know, around suicide. Okay, so let's let's get let's try to get a little further now. We get back to n- next Mishnah. Okay, all Yud Gimel Shulchanot. So we, as I said, we did A B C C B A. So we did the Hishtachavayos, so and now we do the tables. Yud Gimel Shulchanot Hayu B'Mikdash. Thirteen. Chetzo Shayish, eight made of uh, marble. The base Hamit Pachayim, literally in the butcher's house. But what it really means is the place where they would do the. Um, uh, well, That's where they would wash out the innards of the animals that they slaughtered, and you know get them uh, get them out of all of the refuse that was in them. So um, so they would they would need these tables, and they were marble, so the meat would not spoil. Would keep the meat cold. Ubetim Arav, um, two two in the in the West. Two on the west of the of the ramp. One of marble, the echad shokasif, and one of silver. On the marble one, you would put the limbs that you had to put up on the altar, and again, you wanted them to keep cold and not to begin to spoil. The shokasif, and the silver ones, you would just keep the, you, that's where you would keep the vessels, okay, that you would be using. That could look nice in silver, it didn't have to be marble. Ubet ulam two in the ulam mibisnim apetachabayit by the opening by you know when you go into the ulam right if I show you the picture again here hold on okay so the the two that were bimarav hakevesh on the west of the ramp were here like you know can you see that here two they, they were here right that's where they would keep the um, what do you call it that's where they would keep the uh, the uh, the pieces of the animal and then they take them from there and bring them up to the Mizbeach that's on the west of the ramp these eight little squares up here are what they're calling the Beit Hamizbachayim right over here you see the, can you see that they have eight little squares there that's where they would wash out the innards okay and now here you go all of this is open air right this part here which is where you had the Shulchan and this was the Kodesh Kedashim this was all roofed over and this first part was this Ulam was the like you know the hall you know the lobby okay so in this Ulam here you would have two okay and let's take a look at what those two were where's the Chel the Chel no the Chel is like uh, a space out, outside here outside the, the outer the, yeah but it's outside the outermost wall oh, yeah. here okay um, okay echad shel shayish one of marble the echad shel zahav one of gold al shel shayish nosnim lechem hapanim you put the lechem hapanim b'chnisato again you want it to be shayish you don't want it to be to start spoiling of course there's a little difference which is that you want the lechem hapanim to be hot Right, so, okay, we'll see about that. Thou shall zahav, what? Miraculous anyway. Well, that's what the Gemara is going to say. You've anticipated the Gemara. Thou shall zahav, bitziato, and the gold one, when you took the lechem upon him out, you, left, you rested it on the gold one. Shemalim bekodesh velo moridin. You go up in sanctity, so you want to go up from marble to silver. Echad shall zahav mi bifnim, shalav lechem upon him tamid. Oh, and by the way, did we forget to mention there was also another shochad out of gold that was, <laughs> that was in the Torah that they put the lechem upon him on. So of the 12 shochad, 13 shochadahs, one of them was the one that we know as the shochad of the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, so let's take a look at the Gemara. Tani shel kesef. So, al shel kesef. So we have a brighter that instead of saying shel shayish, says that it was on silver. Okay, so, um, so, um, meaning that the, that the, that the um, what do you call it, the bread was not put on a marble table in the way in, it was built on a silver table in the way in. So, Rabbi Yossi B'Shem Rabbi Shmuel Bar Rav Yitzchak, Rabbi Hanina, Matiba B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan, Lace Kan Shokasef. No, they did not use silver. Because that would cause the bread to, you know, to get too hot and it would, um, it would spoil. Okay, some have, some say, he says, some have a different gear set. It wasn't, it says it wasn't marble because it would cause it to cool down. But our gear says he says it wouldn't be silver because it would cause it to get too hot and it would spoil. So the Gemara says, one minute, says everybody said that there aren't there enough nisim going on here why do we have to worry about this Lokain tani do we not take to the price zecha mina nisim shenatu b'beis hamikdash one of the miracles in the base of mikdash shakishim shayu minisim osochom the same way they would put the bread on the table it was hot kachayu motino sochom they would take it off hot a week later shenamar lasum lechem cham biyom hilakro bread that was as hot as the day uh, as the day was taken meaning it was totally fresh the day was baked fresh bread. So, if it's already a miracle, so what do you care if the table is 
gold is, is silver or marble. You don't have to worry about that stuff. So Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi Omer, ain't maskirin masenisim. You don't mention miracles. Which the Bible says, ain't soken alanes. It's very nice that you talk about miracles. We have to do what we have to do to, you know, in order to address the real world issues. God wants to also do a miracle. That'll be very nice. Okay? Boin kami Rabbi Ila. They asked Rabbi Ila. Lo yasham lechem. Let's say for some bizarre reason it came one Shabbos that they didn't have new lechem upon him. Can you weave the lechem upon him for another week? Have it stay there straight for two weeks. So the Tzadik said lechem apanim lefanai tamid. So maybe although we know that it's supposed to only be there for a week, maybe it can stay there straight for two weeks if something happens. I don't know. I'm alone. He says to us even invalid so the question what does it mean invalid does bread become invalid if it's left on the shulchan more than a week but his basic it's a little unclear but his basic answer is yes you can leave it there it has to be tamid even after the week is up it can be no left notar. there there's like no notes are presumably right or right or but it's, yes so well we already know the idea that there was what do you call it, that there was, you know, if you put a certain korban on the top of the Mizbeach, it does not become notar. So if this is remains on the Shulchan as well, it might be, but it uses the phrase here of pasul. So, anyway, without, so there's some question about what happens to the status of the bread, but regardless, it, um, it can be left there straight. What? Well, okay. <laughs> what happens will happen. Okay, we're, shh, we are finishing to the Dudat. Asar Shulchanot, Asar Shlomo. Now, Shlomo made ten Shulchanot, not the ones mentioned here, ten that were duplicates of the, um, of the Shulchan HaZahar. Okay? Dixi, Vayas Shulchanot Asara, Vayanach Behechal, Chamisham Yamin, four and five on the, on the right, Chamisham Yismon, five on the left. Now, right and left, as I told you, could norm- would normally mean south and north, because you assume a person is facing east, so his right hand is south and his left hand is north. Right. So if you say it means south and north, that means that the actual shulchan, that is the real shulchan, is in the middle of this line that's going of shulchanot that's going from the north to the south. But the shulchan is supposed to be the nu- at the northernmost. It can't have these other fake shulchanot between it and the wall. So how can you say that? He, so what is it, how can you have other shulchanot more northernmost than it? So what does it mean on the right and the left? It doesn't mean north and south. It means to the right and the left of the Shulchan. So it means basically to the east and the west. The Shulchan was in the middle. They were on its right and its left. If you're facing the Shulchan, but not north and south, rather east and west. And even though there were these ten Shulchanot, they only put it on the one of Moshe. Okay. Which is like shocking. What, they baked extra Lechem HaPanim? So it's actually quite shocking and the Gemara doesn't even discuss it. I mean, you read these Shukim and you say, what the heck is Shlomo doing adding more vessels, right, to the... I mean, it's one thing, you know, you maybe make the houses, you know, what sort of things you do to the actual structure, but, you know, the Torah seems to be very mocked on certain particular types of vessels, and to be making these replicas. So it's one thing to be some making the replicas, then the Gemara sort of exacerbates it by saying they were doing all this whole separate avoda, and they put more, you know, more bread on these tables. It's quite shocking. It does not even really analyze it. Okay, so we'll wrap, we'll continue with tomorrow. Where is the Shur? So I have a love. My question is that it's No, 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 it's by Shlomo.